0: We are in week four of this series, I'm That Fool. And today we're looking at the topic, I'm the fool, I trust myself. Now, we're gonna, we're gonna jump right into this. So let's start with this. Point number one, I'm that fool, A. I'm the fool that trusts in myself. Proverbs 28, 26 reads the one who trusts in himself is a fool but one who walks in wisdom will be safe now it, this is probably the topic of all of the topics that we've dealt with in this series this is topic number 4 we have one more that we uh, go huh wait what's wrong with trusting myself i mean you've got to trust yourself to even be able to learn how to walk and then continue to walk without having to think about it too much, you trust yourself. you got to be able to trust yourself to bring the skill level up to run. you got to trust yourself to bring the skill up to the level of playing a sport. Or even in my work, I've got to get so confident that I can trust myself to do my work. So what's wrong with trusting myself? Well, we need to take a look at Proverbs as a whole, and this verse in particular, the contrast that is given here is the contrast between trusting ourselves and wisdom, trusting God's wisdom more than my own wisdom, and when we start trusting my own wisdom more than God's wisdom, that's when I'm that fool, So that's what we're talking about as we're looking at this together. So just to be clear, on the screen, just putting these words down a little bit, uh, the next quote please. I don't see it, I'm just going to read it. The problem with trusting ourselves is that we tend to trust ourselves more than we trust God. We foolishly choose our way of happy over his way of holy. Holy. Now what I just said there is rather pointed and it's rather important. We somehow don't believe that God's instructions in Proverbs and throughout the rest of his word is as valid toward my own happiness every time I trust myself for this is what I want to do because I think this will make me happy, and we forget that God is saying, don't do this, and we don't see his wisdom in it, and we trust our version of happy over his version of holy, which will make us happy ultimately, and... So the fool is failing to remember God's wisdom is greater than our wisdom. Now let's just pause here for a moment. We all know in our heads, if we believe in God, that God's wisdom is greater. I mean, it doesn't take much to figure out the fact that if he created all of the intelligence in the world because he was the mind who created and designed our brains and intelligence, then he's smarter than all of the intelligence in the world. He created the possibility for intelligence. He's that intelligent to create everything and every nuance and every detail. And so even if you stacked up all of the, only the smartest people's wisdom of all of the world and all of history, God's wisdom is, oh, I don't know, that times infinity, you know, so much greater, so why is it that what comes right down to the choice for the moment that I trust my own wisdom over his wisdom is because I'm that fool. I trust my teeny weeny brain and opt for the way I have figured out that this really is he just God doesn't understand that this is really what I want, this is what's going to make me happy. He is this other way. This doesn't. He doesn't really know me. Are you kidding? I'm that fool. The reality is we really don't think it through that clearly. We don't really even understand why we do that thing that we did that's so foolish. My way of happy often sacrifices a better future happiness on the altar of the present moment. His way of holy and happy never does this. Think about this. Maybe that went by really fast. Do you ever sacrifice your future on the altar of the present? We take a better future... And we decide, no, I don't really want that. I want to just undermine my future by doing this thing that it will make me happy for the moment. And as soon as we do it, we regret it. We know that we're going to be paying for it. And it's now an unhappy future that we're paying for. And it's, it's, it's something we got to figure out what to do with now to make it better somehow. And we regret it. And yet, what do we do? We do it again. <laughs> I'm that fool. Do you ever sacrifice your future on the altar of the present? So, and the thing is, we uh, tend to do it without thinking about it, and we, if somebody really asked, we don't even understand. If we're really thinking about it, we don't even understand. Why do we do it? So I don't know if you're like me, having been asked the question, what were you thinking Why did you do this? And I'll give you an example of that. I wonder what your answer was. If it was a little bit like mine, where it's this exasperated, I I, I don't know. That is the picture and story of foolishness. But to make it a little bit more vivid, I want to just share with you a story I've shared before here, if you've been here for a while, but it fits rather well. I grew up in a missionary's home. My childhood was spent in childhood was spent in Japan. You would be really happy with me as a happy boy most of the time until I'm not. And I'm really good until I'm not, and when I'm not, oh my. <laughs> me and some little Japanese friends of mine in the neighborhood, and I think I was the one that convinced the Japanese little friend, to do this. And it, my parents asked me, what were you thinking? I, I don't know. In Japan, um, houses in the, that day were made really with light construction promote a breeze through and keep it airy. And so even walls were movable and outside doors were moving sliding doors but not made out of big heavy glass doors. They were rice paper walls with little thin wooden grid that hold these really taut, the, the like drums, little taut paper against these little grid work sliding doors. And you know what? They feel so amazing when you poke your whole finger through them. And it's just like, it just it has this pop. Poop. And it feels so, and my, feel that, feel that. And we put holes through the shoji dro- doors. Poop, poop, poop. And you go, why would you do something like that? I totally don't get it. And the parent, my parents asked me that too, and I said, I, I, I don't know. But you get it you do it with bubble wrap. (laughs) And you can't even stop. (laughs) But that's not as bad as being a missionary's kid in Japan and destroying your neighbor's doors. Right? I'm that fool. You'd think that I would never do anything like that again. But my brother made these amazing balsa wood airplanes with light tissue paper on the wings, yeah. It sounds and feels so cool. Why would you do something like that? I I, I don't know. And what I'm telling you is real, even though it's a parable of your life and my life, we do these things and we do them again, and when we really think about it, we think, why did I do it? Now, I'm telling you something that's easier to tell than other foolish things that I have done, because that one was kind of destructive to my parents. The other foolish things that I've done were kind of destructive to me, destructive to relationships, destructive to my own marriage, in terms of... Stupid things that you have to pay for later and make right and it's, it's something you just have to work through. It's like sacrificing your future on the altar of the moment. I'm that fool. Be on your outline. I'm the fool that trusts my heart. The Bible explains this, even though we don't understand it, while we're doing it, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is more deceitful than anything else, and incurable. Who can understand it? I didn't understand it. I didn't know what forces were at play to cause me to think, let's do this. But if you stand back, I wonder how much powers of darkness whispered into my mind to do this thing, to undermine and destroy my parents' credibility, the credibility of all Americans, Maybe I'm taking too much on myself. Um, The heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? Jesus agrees with Prophet Jeremiah and Jesus said, Mark 7, 21 through 23, for from within, out of people's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immoralities, thefts, murders, adulteries, greed, evil actions, deceit, Self-indulgence, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness, all these evil things come from within and defile a person. So even my logic now, who says, you know, it was the powers of darkness that influenced me to do that, still does not excuse me because my desire to do what was wrong came from within me. And I agreed with a lie... And began to do what I knew was wrong. And the more I did it, the more I knew it was wrong. And I did it anyway. I don't know if you can identify with that. I hope you can. I hope I'm not the only fool here. It's sin from within that causes this thing that we don't understand. The main passage from Proverbs that we're going to be dealing with for understanding all of this and coming up with a solution that God gives to us is in Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to be in 5 and 6. We'll start with verse 5. Um, that reads this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean, do not lean on your own understanding. So every time we lean on our own understanding and we kind of, it's like that picture we're sawing on the right side of the limb and then our own understanding, um, we could be using some good skills doing it, then our own understanding says, you know what, my right arm's tired, I'm gonna sit on the other side and start sawing. <laughs> you cross the line then, you're no longer trusting God's wisdom and doing your own understanding thing and you're cutting the limb off that you're sitting on and that is about to take place when you're leaning on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So do you ever trust yourself more than God? Or do you... uh, Well, let me just ask you some questions. Do you ever trust yourself more than God? And if so, why is that? Why do we trust ourselves more when we've often let ourselves down... We know our own choices have betrayed our best interests. So why do we trust ourselves when we have let ourselves down and betrayed our own interests and damaged our own selves with our own decisions, and we've not really seen that with God? Why would we not trust God and his wisdom? And there are reasons why. It could be that we fear what fully trusting God and not ourselves might mean. It could be that we doubt that he is as good as others say that he is. It could be there are some barriers there. But the bottom line is, we don't know God all that well. Because if we know God really, really well, we would definitely trust him more than we trust ourselves. And so there's getting to know God as part of the answer here that we need to get to. I'm that fool that see on the outline leans on my own understanding. Verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Every time you do that, as opposed to leaning on God's understanding, you're trusting God half-heartedly as you're really doing what you want to do on your own understanding. Okay? And every time you do that, You're going to be reaping all kinds of problems. It's really foolish to do, and yet we still do it. But the good news is that Proverbs provides the answer for us so that we can move our way out of this pattern and grow in our wisdom to do things more God's way rather than our way, leaning more into God rather than leaning into ourselves in the way we tend to do things. So do not lean on your own understanding. Now, before I move on, I do need to make sure that we don't misunderstand what this verse is saying. When it says, do not lean on your own misunderstanding, your own understanding, it's not saying throw out your brain, okay? That's important to say, and that's because Jesus made it very, very clear Matthew twenty two thirty seven, 37, and so did the Old Testament make it very, very clear, and Jesus is quoting the Old Testament, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, We're not supposed to throw out our minds so that we can trust God. No, we're supposed to trust God with all of our mind because if we really understand God, it's wise that we trust him. And we'll see that wisdom and our mind will point us correctly, not incorrectly. It's just when we lean on our own understanding in contrast to God's understanding, we're the fool. Okay, so I wanted to make that clear. Now, leaning away from god is in one word idolatry okay and i want to put the emphasis on i i idolatry every time you're leaning on your own understanding your own self-centered approach This is what I think will make me happy. This is what my whole heart wants to be devoted to. This is really my expression of happiness, which is your expression of worship. It's idolatry. Every form of idolatry is fake worship because there's only one being that deserves worship, and that's the Almighty God who created everything that deserves our worship. Okay? And that's why in everything that God instructs, False worship is taken away from the very, very top because whether it's false worship of a fake image God, which we can control, or fake worship of idolatry as in, The idolatry of I, self-centeredness, leaning towards self, doing what I want, and kind of tagging God's approval on my spin, my understanding, all of that is leaning away from God who deserves our worship and worshiping falsely. And this fake life, this fake worship is disastrous. There's a real God and real worship that we're denying when we lean on our own understanding. I hope that makes sense. It's all idolatry. Now, the good news is that um, we're provided an answer. Before the answer, let's dissect a little bit more. So we need to move away from small-minded, the small-minded world of self-help, when we're using our mind, to the large world of God's help. I'm the fool that D on the outline is this, I'm the fool that ignores God, I'm the fool that ignores God. Now, I'm saying that as a pastor, I study the word many, many hours a day, and I am getting to know the word, the tip of the iceberg, the very, very tip, is so deep, and yet it's so safe for you. You know, it's, it's the puddle that will drown an elephant and it's safe for the infant to play in. It'll drown the theologian because it's so deep, but it's safe for you to learn about God and know God deeply, get into his word. So let's look to God for help. Proverbs 3:6, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Some translations, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Ignore is the word that I've been using here. I am the fool that ignores God, and I still do it, even though I trust God with all my heart and I say so, but there are times when I don't act like it. I'm ignoring God in the moment, and I'm forgetting God's way in the moment, and I'm choosing my way in that moment, and that's because I'm ignoring God. So the opposite of ignore is to pay attention to God. Take a look at this verse. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So another word for pay attention is to acknowledge God. God is someone to know personally. God is somebody to pay attention to. You need to turn your thoughts to him. And here's what he tells us. In all your ways, turn your thoughts to him. And here's how we tend to respond. That's impossible. How could I turn my thoughts to him in all my ways? It's not impossible. And we need to figure out how to do this. So those are all the negatives. I'm the fool that does all these things, but I love the pattern that we've set up for this series. (laughs) There's good news. I'm not here just to condemn myself in front of you, okay? And I'm not here just to condemn you with your foolishness either. The good news is the point of this whole series. Point number two, I am that fool, but the good news is, A, God still wants me. He wants that fool. And he wants me, the way he says this right here is that, in all your ways, acknowledge me. He wants that from me, okay? Uh, Actually, I'm going to ask you to kind of make sure that this drills home, so I want you to say this after me. God still wants me, ready? God still wants me. Did not that feel good just to say that? God still wants me. It's okay to acknowledge that I'm that fool in this way and this way and this way and this way, God still wants me. The New Testament tells us that God sent his son while we were still sinners in the state of abject foolishness, continuing to sin with a raised fist and rebellion against him. While we were still sinners, before we fixed things up, he sent his son to die for us. He still wants me. And just in case you fall into the trap like I have fallen into the trap that nowhere does it say this thing about this personal relationship with God, like buddy-buddy thing. Uh, Hold on. Yes, it does. Galatians 2.20, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, Paul says. He makes it very personal. Would you say it with me? God still wants me. God still wants me. He doesn't just want All the good people who are able to clean up their lives and stop living foolish lives and therefore he can rub up next to them. No, he sent his son while you're foolish because he wants you. And he wants you to acknowledge him and learn to trust him and know him. He wants a personal relationship with you and he's describing it to you right here. But wait... The good news gets better. <laughs> B on your outline. God provides himself as my solution. See, every time I start thinking about how foolish I am, I'm tr- busy trying the self-help method where I'm trying to figure out how do I stop that? How do I make that go away? How do I change it? How do I make it better? And God says, "Hold, oh, stop, stop, stop. You are not equipped to self-help your way into Perfection, you are not equipped to self-help your way into closeness with me, the Almighty and holy. I'm the answer to your problem. And unless I become the answer, self-help is helpless. God provides himself as my solution. Let's read Proverbs 3, 6 again. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Every time I'm foolish, I'm taking a path away from the central path, and it's, it's getting all crooked. God, forgive me, and I come back. Oh, and it's straight this way. God, forgive me. I messed up again. And I come back. If you acknowledge Him in all your ways, do did you, did you see how the swings get closer and closer? You go, you're going down the path, and instead of going way off of there, God, forgive me, and you got to go back way over here, God forgive me, you come back, if you're always acknowledging him, it's more like this, it's it's a lot straighter, and he straightens your path, he is becoming the leader of life, it is the with God way of life, instead of ignoring God way of life, which is our tendency, if we don't do this. God himself will straighten out our foolish ways if we will make it our central habit to acknowledge him. Okay, so I want to make this clear. I'm not asking you to acknowledge God is God. He sent Jesus as Savior, and you need to repent and ask Jesus to be your Savior and get the get-out-of-jail card free. That is available. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about bringing heaven down into your life now, not just getting you to heaven someday in the future. And getting heaven down into your life right now is gonna be this life where you're acknowledging God in this personal, intimate relationship in all things as you're going, every move, every turn, all throughout the day. And you're thinking, how is that even possible? I don't have enough time to add that much acknowledging of God into my day. You don't know how busy my day is. Hello? This is how God redeems our time. This is how God saves time. Do you realize how much time you're wasting over there? And then you've got to come all the way back. And then you waste it over there. And you've got to come all the way back. And we call this self-made life, and I've done it. We call that success, and God says, the ladder is climbing up the wrong wall. Put the ladder on me, and it's just like this. I will redeem your time. I will redeem your life. You'll save so much time, so much energy. He gets you out of the weeds and straightens your path. And it looks more like this. But mind you, it looks like a fish following the big fish against the stream and river of this world. And there are piranhas coming this way. And you go like this, <laughs> Ooh, stay behind the big fish. Follow Jesus. I can't see anything, you don't have to. Follow Jesus, he understands where you're going. Every time you get from behind the big fish, you go, piranha, whoa. Okay, where are we going, Jesus? Just follow me, one day at a time. Tomorrow has enough worry for itself. Follow me today. And the rest of the world is going that way. And all the current's going that way. Forget the piranhas. You get out in the current, you're going to... You're just a little minnow. Follow Jesus. God offers himself as the solution. In all your ways... What am I talking about? In all your ways... Acknowledge God in everything. Acknowledge God in your way of discretionary time. What what does that way look like? What does that path look like? In the way of your entertainment choices, in the way of your relationships, in the way that you cope when you're bored, the way that you cope when you're stressed. It's in the way that you work. It's in everything. Some people separate work from church. (laughs) Are you kidding? God is the Lord of all. Don't ever say, this is just business. No, no. This is just following Christ in your work. Honest, honest, honest work. Honoring God. You aren't trying to do this on your own. This is simply what God wants. A personal, intimate relationship with you. God designed you for this. He saved you to make this possible. He'll help you if you'll just turn to Him again and again and again. Let's practice. Let's begin right now. Father God, we all stray. We all have sin in our hearts still. We have a tendency that you've washed clean. But this isn't heaven yet, and our bodies still have the bents. And so does my heart, and so does my mind, and so does my will. Identify those bents, Lord, and help us as we acknowledge you. I'm so glad that you want us still and that you provide yourself as the answer. We want to follow you and love you and experience the joy of life that you've given to us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, and it's for Jesus that we live, and we want to declare him Lord and honor him, not just with our lips, but with our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Got a prayer team to the left of the stage. If you've got anything to be praying about, hope that you'll go take advantage of those prayers. Hope to see you for the conclusion of I'm That Fool next week. God bless you.